Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Before we pray today, I do want to welcome everyone online. Can we welcome everyone online? Come on, can we give them a big hand? I wanted to give you, uh, point you to a couple of resources. Um, how many know that leaders are learners? Leaders are learners, and if you're going to be in marriage, you better learn. Because <laughs> you've got to lead the home whether you're just a mom or a dad. And so I want to point you to a couple of resources. The Creative Marriage, I've really loved that book over the years. Ed and Lisa Young, His Needs, Her Needs, talks, talks about the uh, top five needs of a man, top five needs of a woman. I think it's absolutely practical and beautiful. Uh, From This Day Forward, Craig Rochelle. And Mansfield's book of Manly Men, that's a little bit more for the men. <laughs> Every man should read that one. It is an absolute classic. And... Um, how many love the Bible? Say yes. yes. <laughs> Someone really excited. Um, I would encourage you to read the book of Proverbs during this relationship series. I'd also encourage you to read the first Corinthians. One of those. Choose one of those. You won't go wrong. Cool? Yes. Also, uh, we don't want, want to just preach about things. We want to lead people to things. And so how many of you are a father with a daughter? Put up your hand. Father with a daughter. Okay, hold bunch of us cool father with a daughter so here's what we want to do guys if you're a father with a daughter we want to do a daughter uh, sorry daddy daughter date night March 5th 6th 7th on that weekend and so what we want you to do go take out your daughter make her feel special do something cool hashtag family matters so we can see it tag the church in it and so forth and we just want to cultivate great dads and uh, great dad and daughter relationships and obviously we're not trying to we are at another time in the series I think going to do a mother son kind of thing so don't worry ladies we'll uh, but we just thought we'd start February with daddy daughter. Is that okay? Yes. How many think that's good? Yes. Yeah. How many think it's real good? I went out with my daughters actually just yesterday and we went did some snow stuff and then we got ice cream. It's great. It's just good, right? It's a reason to cheat for Nana, wasn't it? Proverbs 24 verse 3 says this. Proverbs 24 verse 3 says this, through skillful and godly wisdom, someone say wisdom. wisdom. A house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for every person within the sound of my voice right now. Those who watch online, those in our kids' space, those who watch this later on a podcast. But especially for those who are in the auditorium right now, Holy Spirit, I invite you. I know your touch is already here. Invade this place, Jesus. Oh, we need you, I pray. Open eyes and ears, I pray. God, we're so deaf sometimes. But I pray that we would hear you in this place. I declare champions rising. I declare healthy, strong, functional families over this church. I declare that people would look to the, the families in this place and say, man, I, I want to be more like that. 
I ask You now, Father, to strengthen homes and lives and single people and every person where they are. Speak to them where they need it. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the church alive said, Come on, give the Lord a hand one more time. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Johan and Steph. Thanks, Steph. Take a seat. Sometimes I forget to tell you to sit down and then people just stare at me. Last week, we began a series at our church called Family Matters. Someone say Family Matters. And we basically began to talk about how if families matter, then foundation matters. And if foundations matter, then wisdom matters. I was uh, looking through and thinking through this series and just really kind of praying through it, even over this last couple of weeks and last month. And, and uh, I began to think about the storm that hit New Jersey a number of years ago, Hurricane Sandy. How many of you remember Sandy? whole bunch of us remember Sandy. I mean, Lynnhurst got smashed. Over 100 houses got hit. It was a, the fourth biggest storm to hit financially ever. New Jersey cost America something in the range of $70 billion. 650,000 homes across the whole East Coast literally got destroyed. Over 100 in this town alone. And houses often look like this afterwards. But then if you go down the Jersey Shore and you saw stickers, you still see stickers to this day called Restore the Shore. And then you go see houses and you'll see them like this, won't you? And I was looking at this house and I was thinking to myself, they learn a lesson, didn't they? <laughs> like if there's something that is a picture of, we learn a lesson, isn't it that one? The hundred year storm came through, but we learn a lesson. There's friends of mine that live down, I can't even remember what beach, and we might pop in there occasionally. And, and their house looks like this because they got shellacked in the storm. They learned though the lesson. As a preacher and as a, someone who's read the Bible and wants your family, I said family. You can't just bypass that. You're going to make some jokes about that one, flamily. Might be flan. Anyway, um, someone that wants your life and your family to flourish, sometimes I feel like I'm a builder. Sometimes I feel like I'm building, I'm watching and observing people build their families. And then I'm, as a person who's been around long enough, and even when you're growing up, how many of you heard some stories of families breaking up when you were growing up? And you kind of always wondered, like sometimes my kids will tell me, hey, Daddy, this person got a divorce. And, and then one day they said to us, you guys aren't getting a divorce too, are you? I was like, no, no, no. And, they, and, and my son, who's pretty inquisitive, he'll be like, Daddy, how come they got a divorce? And I won't go into any detail with that. But I will begin to think to myself, what breaks a family? And I was thinking about that recently and, and, I, and I wrote down four things that I think is pertinent today. What is the destroyer of families? Four things, lies. It breaks trust, doesn't it? Trust is the glue of a relationship, but lies break the glue. Addictions, if I've seen families break up, I would say that often they break up over addictions. Inability to communicate and a self-focus. But what are the four pillars that build families? Let's flip the, let's build. Let's not just talk about the negative things. Let's talk about the good things, amen? 
truth. It builds a family. Self-control builds a family. Growing communication. Say that with me. Growing communication. One of the best things you can do as a person is assume you're worse than you are. At communication. (laughs) Why? Because... How many know that you learn a whole bunch of things in school, but none of them were really about communication? They would tell you from time to time, be nice, but that's all they taught you. And it's amazing to me what we want to teach people in schools, but we don't want to talk about what actually helps people flourish in life, growing communication and others' focus. How many think that sometimes, a lot of marriages struggle with this, but the truth of the matter is when it comes to marriages, most of the time you're struggling not with what she's doing or he's doing, most of the time you're struggling with a self-focus. Many years ago, I was about to preach a series in our church on relationships. And I was praying about the series, as every good pastor does. I was praying about it. I was like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about in the series? And I had some ideas, I had some stories I was going to use, and... And then I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart like clear as a bell. He said, Anthony, why do you want to do the series? And all of a sudden in that moment, how many know God asks a question? When God asks a question, He knows the answer. (laughs) And He asked me the question, but the truth was He wanted me to admit what was going on. And I actually realised in that moment that I was going to weave some stuff into our relationship series that was going to help my marriage. (laughs) This was about four or five years ago and I remember it changed our marriage series because I realised what happens so often is that all of us do it. We focus on what that one doesn't do. I know you've never done that, but I think you guys have. (laughs) And I realised it's the Holy Spirit's job to shine the light into our heart and go, guess what? You need to change. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, as you're sitting there today, you're like, no, he needs to change and she needs to change. And I guarantee that's true as well. Yeah. But you do too. Yeah. Someone, say, someone say, I need to change. Need someone say, I need to grow. Four pillars that build families, truth, self-control, growing communication, others focus. I wanted to hit two of these today, truth and self-control. I think I'll get to number one, (laughs) which is good news for me because it just means more content for next week. (laughs) Genesis 1.27 says this, so God, someone say, so God. So God created mankind in His own image, in the image of God, He created them. God is the ultimate Father. God is the first Father. Family was His idea and He made a family, male and female. He created them and then God blessed them. Why go back to the beginning? I know many of you know this. You're like, Andy, I know this. Yeah, but are you reflective of your father? Because unless I go back to the beginning, I don't really know why I'm here, do I? If I don't go back to the manual, I've been building things before. I've tried to build a desk before in a house. I got the desk wrong. You know how frustrating it is when you put the Ikea desk together and you realise you put one thing backwards and you got it and you're done and you realise, wait, why isn't that side painted? (laughs) And then I thought I was done and and, and my wife comes up, baby, you're done. (laughs) 
and then you stand there and look awesome. <laughs> you're kind of like, yay, I'm the winner. You're going to take it apart, then you're going to put it back together. Why? Because you didn't listen to the instructions. Man, do you listen to the instructions? Isn't it true that families are decimated when we forget we are to reflect the image of our father? A lot of families are, a lot of relationships are living in the land of Akuna Matata. <laughs> Made in the image of their father, they're hanging around pigs and lemurs. Or whatever that is, the other thing is. <laughs> One's a pig, what's the other guy? Oh, meerkat, that's the one I'm after, meerkat, yes, man, thank you. That's the phrase that pays. Simba the lion, the king of the jungle, is hanging around a meerkat and a hog, a pig, a what? A warthog. Same animal, isn't it? Just slightly different. Be quiet, shush. And then finally, Simba looks in the mirror and sees that he's actually meant to be like his daddy. And then Mufasa speaks from the clouds and he says, you have forgotten me. And he says, no, Father, I could never forget you. He says, yes, you've forgotten me because in not becoming who you are meant to become, you have forgotten me. Isn't that the message of the ages? That God has actually made you and me to reflect Him? But when we don't remember Him, don't be filled with Him, we actually reflect everything else and everyone else. I'm an Australian and I can be reflective of the Australian culture, but how many know there's amazing things in the Australian culture, but at the same time, I can't allow my Australianness to limit the image of God in me. You can't allow the New Jersey-ness to limit the image of God in you. You got to keep growing. Are you with me? Proverbs 23, verse 23 says this, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Buy the truth. Don't sell it. What do you mean sell it? Why would you sell the truth? How could you possibly sell the truth? You sell the truth when you distort the truth. You sell the truth when you just shift it some. You know when Satan spoke to Eve in the garden, what he said to her was actually a lot true, but only a little bit not true. He comes along and says, you will be like God. That was true. You know what Satan also said? Your eyes will open. Guess what? That was true. It did open. All of a sudden they realised they were naked. It was open. And their eyes were opened. Satan didn't sell them on a full lie. He sold them on a 10% lie. And the trouble sometimes is that we believe a truth and then we distort it some. And we all do this sometimes, don't we? 
Don't tell me we don't. I'm preaching especially to the back of the room. <laughs> we all do this. I'm preaching to myself. The, 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 the challenge of a Christian is not to bring the image of God down and make a Jesus that you want Jesus to be. But the challenge of the Christian is to elevate Jesus to who He really is and then to follow that one, not a fake one that I made myself. Are you with me? I was watching a Disney movie recently, which is what manly men do, actually. This is a good movie though, it's Mulan. Have you seen Mulan? It's a good movie, right? I didn't think I was gonna like her. I was like, man, it's pretty bad. She's a Chinese woman who has an older father and the older father is really aged and cannot really walk properly. And the Chinese really government at that time is grabbing one person from every family and says, you have to serve. He can't. She jumps into the battle. She ties her hair back and then all of a sudden no one can tell she's a woman. <laughs> Literally did nothing else but just went. I'd be, I, I'd be offended, wouldn't you, ladies? Like if you just put your hair back and it was like, hey, Bob, come over here. <laughs> the Chinese have four pillars for a warrior, loyalty, bravery, truth, and because of Milan, fidelity to family. There's this amazing scene in the movie where she is fighting this really witch-like character and the witch-like character says to her something powerful, says, listen, tell me your name and she fakes the name. And she says something interesting. She says, you are not as strong as you could be because you are living a lie. And isn't that the truth? That lying, we've all been there, haven't we? No one taught you to lie, have you noticed that? When you were four, no one gave you school education in lying. They're like, this is how you lie. You just pretend. No one taught us. We just did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. And eventually, if you don't undo it, you'll keep living it. I was with someone recently that was like, man, I want you to pray for me about freedom in my life. And we were really doing what happens in Freedom Transform Group, which was, you're gonna write down some things that you feel like these are not true. These are a lie. These are things I've been involved in. I am recognising them. Then I'm coming under the grace of God and I'm repenting of them. R&R, &R. a lot of people about R&R, haven't you noticed that? Rest and relaxation. <laughs> Rest, self-care. We love self-care, don't we? I like self-care. I think it's good, I think you should get a massage if you can. <laughs> Steve's like, amen. It's the loudest amen I've got from Steve in a long time. <laughs> it's not true. I believe in rest and relaxation, but I think more Christians need to believe in Recognizing and repenting. Yes. Recognize where you're outside of truth. Recognize, someone say recognize. recognize. Recognize where you're outside of truth, then actually receive the grace of God, 
But then repent. Repent simply means to change one's mind. It's all it means. It might have. There might be a time where you repent. You're like, Lord, I'm sorry. And you might cry and you might shed tears and you might feel bad and you might weep. That's repentance. But you know what also is repentance is? I'm going to stop doing that crap. It's both. It isn't this weepathon. But it is a change of mind where you say, I'm going to take responsibility for what I'm responsible for. That's repentance. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to start telling the truth. I'm going to stop stealing. I'm going to start giving. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6 says this, Love does not delight, watch this now, in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love, true love, God's love, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I was watching something the other day. Again, it was a police officer show. I was watching a show and the man had admitted on the show that he was a pedophile. He was going to go to jail. Good. And then he said something that I realised that our culture's language has changed. He said this, I can't help it, I'm this, don't blame me. And I said to myself, that is a lie. That is actually trickling into our culture. That is somehow getting in weird conversations. And if you don't think that's true, just look at some, some, some nations overseas where there is one nation in particular, I, th- I believe it is um, um, the Netherlands. There is, a, there is a political party that is identified as a pedophile party. Yeah, can't make it up. So what am I saying? Love loves the truth. Love loves the truth. Lust hates the truth. But love loves the truth. Love will admit when it's wrong, but lust is always about me. And I want to say to you today that if I'm an image bearer of Christ, then I have to walk in the truth. And guess what? I can't just walk in the truth. I've got to discover the truth. I've got to wrap myself around the truth. I've actually got to allow the Word to become flesh in me, just like Jesus did, so that eventually I am more like the Father from heaven than the Father of lies. Someone said, you're never more like the devil than when you lie. Isn't that convicting? You're never more like the character of the devil than when you lie. That's why it's so important to confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Otherwise, you'll lie. Here's the funny thing. When I preach about lying, the room gets very quiet. You hate people lying to you, right? What if someone lied and took your money? Yeah, I'm going to fight you. (laughs) We are going to fight right now. Let's go. What? You're going to lie to me? Who are you? Isn't it funny what you get angry at someone else, you don't get angry at yourself? I will fight you. But I'll lie over here. 
No one's going to know. You're building on a wrong foundation. And here's the deal. I've seen the weather report and a storm's coming. Someone's lived long enough now. Again, I must be getting old. Shoot. I must be getting old enough because I've seen the weather report. I've read the scriptures. Protection is promised, but so storms. And the sooner you allow truth to get a part of you, the stronger and the more free you'll be. Lying is like a kryptonite on the inside. God wants you to be like Superman, but you can't hang out with kryptonite and show who you really are. This is just another reminder, turn your phone off. (laughs) I've heard people say, I fell out of love. I fell out. Like you fell out of a boat. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I fell in love. And I fell out of love. There was nothing I could do. Are you sure? Feelings follow focus. Feelings follow focus. The same person you fell in love with, eventually you get to see their faults. And if you focus on their faults, you'll (laughs) fall out of love. I heard a great mentor say a great marriage is a marriage that continually is falling in love. You don't fall in love once. Do you? No, you can fall in love again to the same person over and over again. I remember, I remember, I think it was like date number 10. Date number 10 with my wife and we met at Olive Garden. You know you're a big baller in college when you meet an Olive Garden. You're there, yes sir, yes sir. Like going, you know, fancy. Isn't it funny, I used to love breadsticks. I used to be like, yeah. When I first came to America, I was like, free bread. Every restaurant I go to is free bread. Bring the breadsticks. I'd eat 12 breadsticks. I also worked out for three and a half hours a day. It wasn't a problem, you know what I'm saying? I'd be eating breadsticks like a fool. One day in particular, we're at Olive Garden and I remember for some reason I was looking at my wife and some, you know, like that day she looked like fine. She always looked fine, but you know, ever you're with someone like, what happened today? What happened to you, God? What'd you do? What'd you? I was like that. I really was. I was like, hey, what, what'd you do? And, and we had this date and I remember I barely ate. I was like, babe. I just kept complimenting her. Oh, I remember like, and we're like, oh, we're falling in love. (laughs) Falling in love. That was like day 10. How many know you need to keep on doing that? It can't be once. It can't be twice. Otherwise, all you do is talk about, remember back at Olive Garden. (laughs) 
man, I didn't even get to my main thing. Come on. <laughs> Let me share a quick story with you in the, in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 13. I'm not sure if I'll have time to read it. Let me just quickly tell the story. 1 Samuel chapter 13, sorry, 2 Samuel chapter 13. David has a son called Absalom. The Bible calls him, he was the most handsome guy of the day. He was the Hugo Boss model of the day. He has a sister called Tamar or Tamar and she's beautiful too, but he has a stepbrother called Amnon. Amnon is the half-brother of Absalom and Amnon falls in love with Tamar, which again was his half-sister. But he allows his mind to think about her so much that he literally falls in love with her. He's obsessed with her. He's thinking about her time and time again. She's got it going on and he is mulling over in his mind. Well, then he has a conversation with a friend of his who definitely didn't go to Transform. (laughs) Like this guy was a loser. Capital L. Literally tells him, listen, here's how you're going to get this girl. You're literally going to invite her in and you're going to pounce on her. He listens to her. Him. He listens to someone. Listens to the wrong voice. And he allows fantasy to dictate all of his feelings. And he rapes her. And then what's weird is after he rapes her, he then hates her more than he loved her. Which meant to me he didn't love her, he erosed her. Very different. But here's the thing, he was completely true to his feelings. Let that sit for a second. You being completely true to your feelings may mean you end up in jail. You being completely true to your feelings may mean you ruin a marriage. You being completely true to your feelings. Christians, we are to observe our feelings. We are to be cognizant of them. We are to be aware of them, emotionally aware of where are we. They're good indicators, but they're that. They're good indicators. They are not the defining thing of our lives. He was completely true to his feelings. Hear this now. You can be completely true to your feelings and completely untrue to God. I'm not called to just live according to my feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm literally called to be true to my commitments. And that's when you and I begin to transform. That's when we begin to change. I'm committed to Jesus, whether I feel like it or not. I'm committed to this church, whether I feel like it. Or not, I'm committed to preaching whether I feel like it or not. I'm committed to leading whether I feel like it or not. There is so much bullcrap available to you on your phone, on your computer. There's free porn everywhere. 
And it is perverting people. But we need to do what the woman caught in adultery did. She's caught in adultery. She's thrown at the feet of Jesus. And the law condemns her. Understand the law in Scripture, literal job is to show you that you need a Saviour. The Ten Commandments, just read them, go through them, think about them. Whether in heart or deed, you broke them. All of them. And James says, if you broke one of them, you broke them all. The law was to show you, you need a Saviour. So this woman is caught in the act of adultery. We don't know where the guy is, but they're dragging this woman and they are like, hey, we're gonna end her life. They say, Jesus, what should we do? Bends down, draws in the ground. They're harassing him. He says, the oldest, sorry, he says, whoever is without sin, throw the first stone. The oldest walk away first, because the oldest are wisest. Then the youngest, who are maybe a little more self-righteous, they eventually walk away until it's finally just the man, Jesus, and the woman. He looks at her and he says, daughter, does no one condemn you? She says, no one, sir. Notice this, she sa- he says, daughter. Why does he call an adulterer a daughter? Because he's giving her a new identity. An adulterer, he's giving daughter. Adulterer, daughter. Adulterer, daughter. Daughter, I do not condemn you. We love that bit. But there's also another little bit. You've got to keep reading the text. Have you found that? Don't just read the little bit, read the text. It says, daughter, I don't condemn you. Now says this, now go and leave your life of sin. Now here's what we could do. We could say, Jesus, you know, I'm in love. There's no conversation from Jesus on whether they're in love, whether this is a one night stand, whether this is a long standing thing. There's none of that. Here's what's interesting. He does not discuss her feelings. But I've been around the Bible long enough to go, to place myself in the Bible and go, man, she had to go home and leave her life of sin. She might've had to pack her thing. She might've had to text a girlfriend. Hey, by the way, I'm finding this very difficult to leave this guy because we're in love, but Jesus literally called me a daughter. So I have to live according to that identity. And this is hard right now. So can I get a sister to help me out and leave this guy who's committing adultery with me? And she may have cried for six months over that dude. We don't know. I'm just reading the text. But I'm seeing stuff in the text. He didn't consult her feelings. But here's what I know. He will heal her feelings later. Men in here, women in here. 
if I'm going to live in the truth, I need to admit. I've got to admit it. I can't be healed unless I admit it. I can't fix my family unless I admit it. I can't build on the right foundation unless I admit it. And there's sometimes, I see people sometimes building on sandy foundations and I'm like, don't. Unless you read the Bible like, I already know what's gonna happen. I've read this, I've been around. And then there's God and He's like, I've been doing human history for the entire time of human history. And I've been seeing it play out since Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and David. I've been watching people, warning them. And he's like, don't do it. And then he's like, if you've done it, admit it. And then say, Jesus, forgive me, anoint me and help me leave my life of sin. No one wants to call things sin anymore, but sin is simply missing the mark of God's desire. If I was, I've I've shot arrows before, and if you're shooting an arrow, you'll hit it, and then you'll, you don't just go and move the mark, you adjust you. So if you miss the mark, what do you do? You line it up again, and you try again. You don't go, oh, well, I just moved the mark over here. (laughs) Let me end with this thought. I'm way over time. Is that all right? (laughs) Thank you. Who else can give me five minutes? Give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. Put any of hands. All right, that's five minutes. That's 10 minutes. That's 15 minutes. That's 20 minutes. That's 25. That's 30. When I was in Australia, I was a freshman in college, <clears throat> just been to university for one semester, go back home. My um, beautiful sister is getting married and I had a girlfriend at the time. And at the, the ceremony and party and different things, I was dancing with the girlfriend and, and this woman comes up to me as I'm dancing with this girl. She's like, follow ya. What she was really saying is, don't go back to America. What you like is here. And in my head right away, I literally went, I thought I was meant to do what God wants me to do, not just follow my feelings. That literally was the thought in my head. I wasn't just like, oh, wise Yoda. (laughs) Let me follow you. (laughs) 10 years, 15 years later, same person who told me to follow my heart, jumps on Facebook, finds an ex-boyfriend, has an affair with him for about a year, realized he was a loser. And I mean that, he was a loser. The Bible tells people they're a loser sometimes, you know that? Some people are like, oh, don't like that word. Then she began to beg her husband Take me back, take me back. Begged him for about five years. Take me back. He said, no, you destroyed 
25 years of marriage because of your f- 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 feelings. But feelings come out of focus. And what you focus on eventually will lead your life. And if you lead your life by your feelings, you'll many times devastate your home. But if you'll build it on the truth, when the storm comes, let me just say this, the storm comes. Storm comes in marriage sometimes. Storm comes not even... I've, I've, I've been amazed that my wife and I feel very protected in our marriage from storms many times, but many times people that are very close to us and around us have had incredible storms. So I know storms come. And I just wanna encourage you, build your life on the truth. Don't make it up. Don't tell me your truth. Discover His truth. And build your life on a foundation of truth. Because whether the storm comes one day in five years, 10 years, 15 years, guess when it will really reveal what you built your life on? One day when you stand before the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Come on, all across this place, close your eyes. Oh, Father, I pray so much for Your people. I pray for Your fathers. I pray for Your mothers. I pray for sons and daughters of this place. I pray, Lord God, for every single person. Jesus, I pray that You would speak to them where they need it. Oh God, they need You. I need You and we need Your truth. So let truth and grace be over this house. Let love and mercy be over this house. Let strong foundations be in these lives. I ask it in Jesus' Name. While eyes are closed all across this place. Maybe you're here today and you've never met Christ. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. He offers you abundant life. He doesn't offer you a perfect life. He doesn't offer you a storm-free life, but He does offer you an abundant life. He died upon a cross. He rose from the dead. He, He is the bridge to God. There is no other bridge. Every other bridge runs out, but His bridge stands true, stands firm. If you're here in this place and you've never said yes to Him, what do I mean say yes to Him? You say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. That's really what it means. Forgive me, come into my life, come into my heart, change my life. I need your forgiveness and I want your peace and your strength and I want to be a child of God. You can't earn that, you have to receive that. So if you're here in this place right now, if you are watching online right now, I want to pray a simple prayer and that prayer with a heart that says, God, I need you. Can transform your heart and transform your life. So come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I need You. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Be my best friend. Help me follow You. Anoint me to follow You. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit. Fill me with Your purpose. Plant me in Your house. 
help me build the family that I'm meant to build. In Jesus' name I pray. While eyes are closed all across this place, if you meant business with God, you're coming back to Him or receiving Him for the very first time, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and raise it up high on the count of three. One, two, three, all across this place. If you meant business with God, raise your hand, raise it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else today? Quickly raise your hand, raise it up high all across this place. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else today? Raise your hand. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Anyone else today? Thank you. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank You for every hand, every heart, every life, every person online. In Jesus' Name, would You strengthen and build and bless Your people in the mighty Name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive God's Word, would you give the Lord a hand in the house of God? Come on, let's lift Him up. So good, so good. Hey, if you raise your hand here in person or online, if you made that decision, we just want to congratulate you and say it's the best thing you've ever done. We want to resource you with this book. It's called Following Jesus. It's available at our Next Steps counter. Online, you can text CONNECT7 to the number 97000, and we'll get you that book. But real quick, I need everybody to look at the screen real quick. We have some vehicles that are parked out in the parking lot that you're blocking other cars from the gym and other things and we've been asked if you could move those expeditiously please it would be greatly appreciated so if one of those is your vehicle make your way downstairs and otherwise we'll see everyone here next week at church alive